Welcome to the website of the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, and for this occasion, I would like to take us to Luke chapter 17. We are interested in what Jesus said as recorded in Luke chapter 17. So, I hope you have your Bible ready. I'm going to read Luke 17, verses 1 through 4. And he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. What's your first impression when you read this, when you hear what Jesus said in Luke 17? I think one of my first impressions, one of my first thoughts is, this is about the relational aspect of our walk with God. And that's not a matter of little importance. Here's how important this is. I'm going to go back to another passage you are familiar with in Matthew 22, 34 through 40. But when when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. How we treat people and how we treat God is not minor or secondary. First, we respond to God from the heart, obediently open to His grace. In that response to God, we willingly accept the obligation to love our neighbor and to hold pure attitudes toward our fellow man. And this can be called the relational aspect of our walk with God. And in keeping with this morning's sermon, This is specific to the goodwill, the love, and proper treatment we afford to each other as citizens in Christ's kingdom. Likewise, it is clear that God holds us accountable with reference to how we interact, how we treat each other. As Paul wrote in Galatians 5 and verse 13, we are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That's what God expects, and that's what Christ is teaching us in Luke 17. Let's get into the specifics. Jesus said temptation is real. It isn't just something Bible writers wrote about. It isn't limited to the wicked, the rebellious, the haters of God, Jesus said temptations to sin are sure to come. 
I'm never going to reach some age or place in life, some moment of experience or mountaintop existence where there is no temptation to sin. We need to have ever before us all the time this reality Jesus spoke. Temptations to sin are sure to come. It may be the temptation to anger that leads to sin. It may be a momentary evil thought or desire that deserves to be defeated. It may be the impulse to neglect some duty God has assigned. It may be a gradual edging movement slowly into the world and away from God. It may be contempt, envy, jealousy, spiritual laziness, a service you are able to render but you just let that pass. But this is a certainty. There will be temptation. No matter your age, your knowledge, your close association with godly people or your experience, Jesus wants us to understand this reality. He said temptations to sin are sure to come. But then he says this, don't let it come through you. But woe to the one through whom they come. Not only must I recognize the reality of temptation as it pertains to me, I must make certain I'm not the cause, not the avenue of temptation, causing others to sin. So right away, as Luke 17 begins, there are these concerns I need to give thought to, these warnings and realities I need to be aware of on a very serious level. Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. I must not only guard against being tempted myself, I must make certain I'm not involved in tempting others. I don't think I need to spend a lot of time telling you how very important this is. I'll just repeat, I must not only guard against being tempted myself, I must make certain I'm not involved in tempting others to sin. Is this a big deal? Verse 2, about the person who leads someone into sin. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Now that gets my attention. We have computers and machinery today. Back then, and for centuries after Christ, even recently, there were these huge circular stones used to process wheat, used for grinding wheat and other grains. And these stones had to be very heavy. Now, millstones, like I've described, were never used as jewelry, like a necklace. You didn't wear a millstone around your neck and go swimming. But that's the picture Jesus paints for us to emphasize how serious it is to tempt someone to sin. Listen again to what he said. Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. I just don't want to get in the water with a millstone around my neck. Do you? 
Well, if I get that, I need to understand how serious it is to tempt someone to sin. I need to recognize the reality of temptation, but also carefully guard against being the tempter. There's something else right in the middle of this passage that ought to get our attention. Pay attention to yourselves. Take heed to yourself. Do you know one of the biggest mistakes we make in Bible study and listening to preaching? We hear something like this in Luke 17 that is so clear and serious from the mouth of Christ, and our first thought is, yeah, I, I know somebody who needs to hear that. Oh, I could tell you stories and give you names and places and dates. There are so many people who need to hear this and take heed to themselves. What should our first response be? Our first thoughts when we read, study, or hear the words of Christ? Who said, pay attention to yourselves. Take heed to yourself. We need this, all of us. Temptation is real. We cannot let ourselves be the tempter. We cannot be Satan's assistants. Pay attention to yourself. But what if I know someone who has sinned? What response does Jesus expect? I have a friend, brother in Christ, family member. I know they're guilty of sin. Jesus said, if your brother sins, rebuke him. We can call this the duty to rebuke. Not gossip, not insult, not get someone else to handle it. The duty of rebuke means with love for the sinner, point out the sin, and call for repentance. This teaching in Luke 17 is an example of how simple the teaching of Christ is. Are you having, so far, any difficulty with this passage? I mean, in understanding what it says. So, next step, what if there is repentance? Let's ask Jesus. I know the person sinned. I issued rebuke with care and love for the sinner, and the sinner repented. What if there is repentance? We are asking Jesus, and here is his answer. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. At this point, people want preachers and teachers to explain this and extrapolate from it and elaborate and interpret and clarify. Is that necessary? I think all we need to do now is apply this. I really can't make this any clearer. Jesus said in this circumstance, the repentance of the sinner who has uh, offended, this is what you must do. The word must can be highlighted. So let's depend on the clarity of Jesus' words and listen to this all again in Luke 17, 1 through 4. And he said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. 
And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Some final remarks. As I said when we began, this is about the relational aspect of our walk with God. This isn't a minor detail. This isn't something optional. Jesus knew temptation would come and told his disciples to make certain they were not the cause of someone committing sin. He speaks of the duty of rebuke and forgiveness, but right in the middle of this, there is this statement directed to each one of us, take heed to yourself. And in the English Standard Version, pay attention to yourself. You want to know more about all this? I'm going to recommend a source for your further research. You want to know more about Luke 17, 1 through 4? Here's your research material. Here's your homework. Read everything before Luke 17. Read everything after Luke 17. You'll be filling your mind with the teaching of Christ equipping yourself to respond as you should in the relational aspect of your walk with God. Take heed to yourself and beware of that millstone. Thank you for listening.